0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: This is DJ Steve Wonder from Los Angeles. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Aight? Fuck you, Josh. <laughs>
0: What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf.
2: It's your boy. It's okay.
0: Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel
3: Radio.
1: We're in the place right here.
3: Rebel
2: Radio is going down.
3: What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels who are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show that features new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and my guest today is my man Steve Wonder. He's a great DJ, producer, remixer. He's uh, the host of the Selected Eclectic podcast, along with DJ Spider and Mr. Best. And uh, he and Mr. Best also produced one of my favorite mixtapes I've heard. In recent years it's on Mixcloud if you look up the uh, New Wave mixtape from Steve Wonder and Mr. Best it's a great listen. Before I get into it, uh, I want to tell you we're putting up more and more video on our YouTube channel uh, youtube.com slash net, and also on my Instagram, I'm just using my personal Instagram for now you can follow me at Jay Levine, we're starting to put clips from our interviews up there so you might find some of that. And uh, we're going to get into the interview with Steve Wonder right after our EDM.com track of the week.
2: So they sent me the hate mail, sing my name on the front of the label, so they sent me the hate On the hit list Yeah, they really wanna see me quit this No, I will never be dismissed Turn up, that it blows like Christmas Yeah, I might not miss this But I'm gonna guarantee That they're gonna kiss this Kiss this ass. Make them my pass But broke as get left in the cost. They be failing while I take a pass Straight to the top, I make that my task Always stay first and never be lost But what are you Yeah, they can call me the mark, mark i scared if they come fast Tell them I'm not internet rocks I send them back to the boss Far where father got shizzle on block. So they send me the hate mail Say my name on the front of the label made a hate mail see my name on the front on the label get us a made a hate mail see my name on the front on the label and that was
3: Elvis Delta and D Lush with Hate Mail the EDM.com track of the week get over to EDM.com and check out new music and of course let's get into the interview with Steve Wonder
2: flames
3: <laughs> my table my Hate Thanks for coming to do this, man. Excited to talk to you. I've been yeah. seeing your name around forever. Oh, totally. So, yeah. I, I want to talk about you, though. How to, um, I want to talk about how, how you got started in all this. Okay. Um, do you remember first getting into music? Was when you were a kid?
1: Yeah. Uh, my earliest memories were was probably like Herbie Hancock performing at the Grammys, the Rocket Thing. Oh yeah. I think anyone who saw that as a kid was just especially for DJing and the scratching right. and
3: you know uh, Were you into hip hop in, in and before then?
1: I mean I was so young. I right. I don't know if that was eighty four. I may have been five years old. You know? Yeah, it was luckily around. I had an
3: older brother, three
1: years older. Uh-huh. He put me on to hip hop. Okay. He taught me about break beats. You know, he, he's the one who kind of opened Pandora's box of it being more than just which the song you're listening to, like the samples and right. graffiti and right, just right. Like it being a whole culture yeah. behind it, which yeah. once that is opened, it never ends. You yeah. know, I'm still searching for samples and stuff. You know what I mean? Of course, so, yeah. Like, luckily, I had that influence. So when he was 10, I was 7, you know, I was he was feeding me like, oh, yeah, but that song is from this song. Oh, you know cool. what I mean? And then yeah. kind of like.
3: I mean, even for 10, that's that's good. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean,
1: I I always wish I was born a little earlier. I was born in '79. Okay. I like to say I was born in the '70s. Right. But you know, I still like being nine years old in '88 when it was like Run DMC, yeah. Guns N' Roses. Like that's like kind of the height of MTV, yeah, like for sure creativity and just kind of like so many things were happening at that so point. You, I like so many different types of music that actually were quality and had staying power, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, of course, there was hair bands and all that. Yeah, of course. But I'm glad, you know, even saying I wish I was born young, in in an earlier age, I'm still happy that I got to experience all that, because it did have a big influence on me, you know, like watching MTV Raps and... Sure. You know what I mean? So... But yeah, I mean, that that performance with uh, Herbie Hancock, I mean, it was just it was hip hop, he had a DJ, right. it was like break dance, it was like everything that was kinda the sound of New York at that time, which I'm still obsessed with, like New York circa like 80 to 85, you know sure. what I mean, when all the yeah, cultures yeah, yeah. were kinda combining. So. I mean, it's
3: funny you say that, cause you know, we're just talking about music on TV and it's like that moment, like for a lot of America, that was like their introduction to hip hop. Yeah. Right? And yeah. And Herbie, you know, I read his autobiography, and he talks about, you know, he kind of talks about inventing hip hop, like from, yeah. from his perspective, right, yeah. on that night, yeah, and how that show came together. And well, all that,
1: that performance too, with all the um, the mannequins and yeah. the robots, it was so abstract, you know. Like I think a lot of yeah. a lot of DJs and hip hop heads who are older than me always say. Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight is like the first record they bought or that's the moment, you know, but that was 79. So that's when I was born, you know, so my moment kind of was that was was the Herbie Hancock Uh and just kind of like the eclecticness. It was very like Basquiat. It was very underground New York, like what he captured, you know Mm -hmm, what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm, like commercialized or like, you know what I mean? So it that that connected even more. Even
3: the idea that that song was a hit right if you listen to it by today's standards or or by yeah the standards back then right there's hardly any words i mean there's there's no words basically yeah. just the fresh or yeah the awesome. yeah it's just some scratches yeah. right and yeah. and like the fact that a record like that could be a hit yeah
1: it always reminded me of the of the Beverly Hills cop theme song cuz the Saints yeah, yeah. are the lead yeah but it was just so funky and so like it had that craft work electro sure. but it wasn't like super fast it was like right. right there it was just like it was dope so yeah that was a huge influence on me and music and just like hip-hop culture hip-hop, so you know? so were you like
3: hip-hop head from day one pretty much huh?
1: um yeah I mean I always like I said Guns N' Roses like I always liked rocked mm-hmm. I was just a fan of music mm-hmm. but I think like I said when my brother kind of helped me see the 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 depths of the music and I mean there's obviously there's depths in any genre you're going into it it always you can dig deeper but um yeah that's when I was like all right I want to know more and yeah I mean fat boys just Uh so much so much influential as a kid you know just like they, it was like I always like to say how how hip hop in the '80s kind of correlated to wrestling, like the big Is that right? the big personalities. You okay, know yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah. Like the Fat Boys were such a outlandish kind of right. like marketed created group, and it's just like I don't know, like just a Hulk Hogan. You know, Fat like, Boys had a movie. Yeah, exactly. Disorderly. Yeah, I saw Disorderly. Like we're
3: seeing Disorderlies, and that's like a crazy thing, right? That yeah. Like, I mean, because now you look back at them, they're kind of gone, right, and from history. Yeah. Like, except for us, most people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people never heard of Fat. most hip-hop he- fans yeah. never heard of Fat Boys, right? Yeah. But they got their own movie.
1: No, I mean, like, their 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 impact on the culture was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. from, I think they won the competition to be in the Fresh Fest or something. I might have my history wrong. I just, went to
3: that Fresh Fest. That's I went, crazy. I went to year uh, two, I think. Okay. 84, 85. Oh, Wow. Yeah yeah, 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 and
1: just kind of them, I think they came out of the fever, but just kind of how, uh-huh. their evolution of like what they, from like, what they were the fresh 3MCs or something. And, yeah. But just like, that was the early days of marketing, you know, mm-hmm. with Run DMCs and my Adidas, like, I went to the Adidas party on Saturday, the the whole like, yeah. you know, and it's just like, they were so ahead of the game. I mean, we're talking 33 yeah. years ago. Yeah. To, to have Adidas sponsor and none of that was heard of. And it was right. just so, when I read about it, and that's that's what's crazy too, is that that marketing people and branding, like just people that were open because rap had a stigma back then, you know? For like sure. Them playing rap videos on MTV. So like, it's crazy, you know? Whoever was doing the marketing, Swatch Watch with the Fest Fest, you know, like yeah, yeah. those people that were willing to take a chance on the music really we're ahead of their time, as you see now, it's everything, like.
3: Man, I was talking with somebody about that the other day, to like, Swatch, they they blew it. Yeah. Like, because when I was 14, like, that, every kid wanted a Swatch. Yeah. You know, and part of it was the music stuff, and part of it was just, like, they were making this watches unlike anything else on the market, yeah. with the see-through and all the colors yeah. and uh, uh, the wristbands you could swap out yeah. and all that. And, like, where'd they go? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know but they but somebody had the idea at the beginning yeah. and they were like they were on it yeah um, yeah it, It's that's interesting I always
1: like to think about the how you know it's like you look at like Paid in Full and like Big Daddy Kane, like and all the big dookie ropes and mm-hmm. the dapper Dan Gucci and mm-hmm. like the difference of what like what kind of like being I don't want to say materialistic but like showing off like That you were paid in in that era as opposed to kind of like when it shifted when Biggie and Puffy and like the the shiny suit era. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of the equivalent, but I think people didn't didn't like criticize it so much because there was so much lyricism and, you know, like I don't know, you know what I mean? It's it's always interesting to me. It's like
3: Well, it's funny, so I just I just had uh, Tommy from Hip-Hop DX on the show, mm-hmm. and he's he's kind of arguing that um, the reason hip-hop is, is so big today and it's the dominant force in, mm-hmm. in music and culture is because it's synonymous with the American Dream with that paper chase,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? And that, like, whereas rock, other genres have always kind of been like, you know, they've always kind of been like like, we're not really about the money we're about the art yeah and hip-hop's like we're about the money yeah and and he feels like america's about the money yeah and and so it's like i don't know but but i think you're you're you bring up a good point which is like that relationship keeps changing yeah and you know yeah rakim you know he was flossing yeah but we don't think of him as a like the people that love Rakim, yeah, will criticize Migos, yeah, for being all about the money. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, and Uzi Vert and and all them dudes yeah. that just rap about how rich they are. Like, yeah,
1: I guess, but Rakim was like, paid in full. Like, it was just such a artistic uh, expression of the hustle to get the money. Sure. That it was different than bragging about it. But yeah, it's similar. I have always thought about like if people in that era were like, Oh, look at him with the gold chains, you know, or if they <laughs> right. were just like, Oh, that's the shit, you know, I wanna
3: But like Slick Rick, we weren't mad at Slick Rick. Yeah, we're exactly. talking about how fly he was. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, that's what that's what people yeah. you know. Fresh tracks like a million bucks, like that's what people quote from Slick Rick. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: I love it when new rappers quote 80s rappers, you know, like yeah. Anytime Nicki Minaj will reference like a rock line or something, I'm just like yes, like it's just like a, like all right, like keep the lineage because sure. someone might hear that line and then hear the song yeah. that it's from and be like oh I like that song and that's kind of just like that keeps the cycle going. I think when artists new rappers just like pay no homage, it's like that's when the culture kind of gets lost and it's like. You yeah. know, it's just like pay it forward, you know, these people did it before you. It's just like yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to LeBron talk about, you know, his little thing with Laura Ingram, and, you know, like how ballplayers can't be, right. s- make social commentary. And he's talking about Bill Russell and yeah. Jackie Robinson. It's like, yo, like if, thank God for LeBron and he's the mouthpiece because he's saying, Everything he says is right and you know what I mean? Like if anything, the oppressors want people to be silenced or just not just talk about money and irrelevant stuff, you know, and it's like now more than ever people need to be saying that. So it's really you know what I mean? Well people just want you
3: to shut up when they don't like what you're saying. Yeah. It's never like I saw something today about you know, Mike Pence refused to stand at the Oh the Olympics. Olympics. And 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 someone and whoever wrote like, I thought sports was not where oh, you're yeah. supposed to like yeah, wear your politics right? About, yeah. Exactly right. The so it, game. It's, it only depends on what what side you're on. Yeah. Right. Everyone's principles go I out mean, the window. I mean,
1: petty acts. Everyone can see that they're petty. You know what I mean? For sure. If you, if you move like that, everyone. Yeah. It's super obvious. You know, For sure. something is, is, I don't know. It's it's such a different thing when something's calculated and thought out and. Definitely. done well but if you're petty you're petty right There's no getting around it yeah wait how'd you get started djing i got started djing in high school i had a my best friend who is a producer um he had he went and got turntables i went with him actually went to a pawn shop uh-huh copped the techniques 12 for so like 250 nice. used you know what i mean and um for about 2 years I just kind of like was always hanging out with him and he was learning how to DJ. I would yeah. go to the record stores, you know, like spots that don't exist anymore, street sound, uh-huh. like DMC, on Fairfax, uh-huh. like and would go and just like hang, like pick up a record like, "Oh, that's cool," but put it away, you know, like right. his dad would drop us off for an hour, or we'd go through some records. Yeah. And then, you know, a few years into it, I was just like I would start messing around in his turntables, like uh-huh. This is fun, you know what I mean? And then just kinda like I think maybe like ninety six, I decided decided I was gonna get my own setup and just started shopping for myself and you know, that that's kinda when it started and yeah. But my introduction was through and there were some other DJs at my um at my high school Okay. Um, this guy he went by DJ Chaos, now he's Double K's from that group, People Under the Stairs. Okay, yeah. He was a DJ, um, a few other guys. There was, there was a good hip hop scene, like, Merce went to my high school, Nice. a bunch of the living legend guys. Uh-huh. Um, so there was always music kind of around uh, at yeah. school. And we'd, we'd leave school and go to tapes. There was this record store. Um, Martin's mm-hmm. that was on Pico that was yeah, real dope because yeah. they get would get so many promo records, yeah, and we would go shop there i remember,
3: I remember bringing promos over there, yep,
1: and it would be cheap, yeah, you know it would be like you know at one store it'd be seven ninety nine uh-huh. but he'd have them for five bucks, and that yep. made a huge difference back then, like for sure. trying to get the promos or the white labels and um yeah, it's kind of how it started in high school, and then in college. You know, got a better DJ setup and mm-hmm. connected with some friends up there, and just kind of went from a bedroom DJ to a house party DJ to a bar DJ, yeah, to a club DJ. Do you remember
3: your first paid gig? First paid gig? I guess not.
1: I don't think so. I okay. mean, I, I can remember my early gigs. Like I used to DJ at this Indian restaurant uh-huh. on Sunset and Silver Lake, and used to love oh, uh, uh electric not it's called it was called Tantra I think actually. Oh okay yeah yeah yeah. It's kind of like it's right by the junction.
3: Yeah, I know that one.
1: Yeah. It had a second That's a like second the fancy floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had a second floor yep. and I would lug my records up the stairs and I have to take one crate mm-hmm. upstairs, walk down stairs, take the next crate up and um that was one of the first like I was through the through the 90s I was real underground. Yeah. Spider even attest to I was real anti... Like backpack. I was real backpack, but yeah. I was real anti-commercial jiggy. Yeah, 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 like, Sure. That record, Be Faithful, which is like a club standard, which is... I play all the time now, but back then, like, <laughs> I wouldn't buy the record. Right. Because it was just too, like, bottle-popping. Yeah. But that's what the scene was like. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I mean, in New York, you know, that's that's what was happening. I was real... Freestyle Fellowship, mm-hmm. Farside, real mm-hmm. underground L.A. and stubborn, you know, and I missed a lot of music.
3: I mean, I feel like that was a L.A. I mean, I think that happened everywhere, but I think especially in L.A. because like the, the scene got really big here off of gangster rap. Yeah. That like the underground was w- way more underground.
1: Yeah. Well, it felt cool to be part of something that was... um or to be a fan of something that was so like grassroots yeah and kind of you felt like it was your own you know yeah, like yeah. only like a certain amount of people knew about it uh-huh. like even even today when I mention it and other people like oh you know you still feel like oh you knew about that like yeah. so I, I think that's what kind of held me but also I was really ignorant and stubborn into being open to other music, you know yeah, like that's youth, I think. I didn't get into house music till the two thousands. Like right. you know, like this people are people are digging this stuff. You gotta play it. You know what I mean? Like I was never there a,
3: was there a house record that like opened your eyes? A I mean,
1: bit? the Daft Punk stuff started yeah. coming out and I was like, yo, this is funky. I mean a lot of that French house was just different to me. For sure. But um I just I wasn't you know I wasn't a club kid per se. You know, uh-huh. I didn't start going out to clubs till I was actually 21, you know, like, okay. And I think house was much more of a New York thing. Like there was a scene out here. I know there was like deep mm-hmm. and like those spots, but I never really went to them. I was still like hip hop.
3: hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny cause hip hop like had that, you know, on the one hand there's the sampling, which enabled them to like incorporate any sounds. Mm-hmm. Right. But on the other hand, and I, you know, I was part of that of like, saying no to all this other shit right yeah that's too commercial yeah that's too techno that's too you know uh gangster whatever like yeah. what, whatever your thing was it was it was definitely about keeping people out
1: yeah well it's tough i mean that's always been the 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 catch-22 about being a dj or an open format dj or just you know like Sticking to your guns and just playing what you hold so dear, as opposed to yeah. playing for everyone. You know, like it's tough because you can pigeonhole yourself, or people will pigeonhole you as this type of DJ. Like of he does that. You know. Yeah. But I wish I would have known my younger DJ self that I should be open to playing everything because I'll do weddings, I'll do all types of stuff, uh-huh. and have to. You know, work with the work with the client and see what their playlist is, and you know, just um, it's 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 good to be versatile and flexible in terms mm-hmm. of playing all genres. And I just, if I had known that, you know, that's one thing I'd say to a young DJ. Like, I mean, it's either like love one kind of thing, like right. go hard on that, whatever it is. You know, yeah. if it's boom bap. If it's soul, if it's house, you know, that's what you are. Or be well-versed in a li- little of everything because you want to be a chameleon and kind of adapt to all sure. different kind of parties. And if you're going to travel and if you're going to go to Miami, you might play more Latin stuff. If You're going to go New York, you know, so yeah. you never
3: know. So, Was yeah. that a um, was that something you learned the hard way? Was there like a moment where that...
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I got booked through... This guy, RocktaCon, one of my first gigs in New York, and it was like a New York spot. And I was just, it's probably 06, maybe. And I was just, I just got on Serato and I was real, just like, I want to do gigs, you know? Uh-huh. And he booked me at the spot and he was like, oh, by the way, it's like all house. And I didn't know, I mean, I had like a handful of house records. Right. You know, like I was not deep at all, but yeah. it did force me to like, get hip to the music quick and you know go on itunes and find house playlists. I'm like uh, yeah, i like that song I like that song and somehow i managed to do the whole night you know it was one of those new york like yeah. five hour yeah, yeah, yeah. to 4am joints and i made it through you know what i mean like for what it's worth i didn't get kicked off or, right so but yeah i mean there's there's definitely been times like that where i'm like oh i need that and yeah. But now that we're on Serato, it's so much easier to go, sure. like, I need this. Yeah, but I mean,
3: otherwise you'd have to go for the yeah. crate.
1: Yeah, I was telling someone about Serato <laughs> and just like the good and the bad. And weighing them, I think it's the bad outweighs the good. Honestly. Really? Yeah, like I would rather go back to lugging my records and dealing with all the inconveniences of being a vinyl DJ than have everyone in the world be able to decide to be a DJ just like that. Okay? Every actor, every yeah. promoter, yeah, yeah. every bartender, sure. every one's mama is a DJ now. Yeah. You know, and I would rather just cuz when you were on wax, your record collection mattered, what you played, yeah. the, the depth of your records, like if you had some rare like it just marginalized everything and I'm sure photographers and videographers feel the same way about For sure Instagram and Yeah. So I mean, I love it, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, it's always it's a good it's a good conversation or debate on like the good versus the bad of all these technologies and how they've changed the industries, you know.
3: So has it changed your DJing? Obviously like you know, you said kind of being open to different formats, different genres I think you know but but beyond that has has the fact that everyone in the world can be a DJ has that changed how you approach it
1: yeah i mean it's it's made it's made me there's a lot of really dope DJs out there now yeah. you know what i mean there's a lot of people there's just so much music out here now that like i can get hip to a new DJ and hear a whole set from them and they're playing all this dope stuff that I've never even heard. Yeah. You know, i like but I'm like, I want that music. I want that. You know, so who, if anything um,
3: Who's who's come up recently like that?
1: Well I just went to the Red Bull three style yeah.
3: in uh, Krakow
1: actually. I was out there nice. kinda networking and I was trying to build like a network of DJs from different countries, Europe, if I yeah, wanna yeah. go out there. And um, there's just such dope uh, who like DJ Puffy won it last year. huh. He was really dope. Um, This girl, Nina Las Vegas, was a judge. And she played a really eclectic set that there was no, she didn't stick to one genre. It Mm. was changing. It was just so, so impressive. And yeah, like I didn't know one song she played, but it was all funky
3: and just unique. Hey, if you're enjoying this one, let's go back in the Rebel Radio archives on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out my interview with JCO, uh, one of Steve's collaborators and partners, also a great DJ, he was was a battle DJ and he talks about bringing that spirit of competition to everything else he does. It was a great episode from uh, the early days on Rebel Radio. You can check that out after you finish up here with Steve Wonder.
1: I, I really admire two things about DJs. One is their technical skills. You know, like, they're, you could play the same songs you hear on the radio and you're sick of, but if they're manipulating yeah, in a sure. way, you're like, oh, that was dope. Yeah. Or someone like Nina Las Vegas who just played the set that I was like, I don't know any of that, and I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how often do you go out and not hear a song that you know, but you still, like, had a great time, yeah, you know? So for sure. it's something really unique. So, yeah, I mean, things like that and, like, I'm like, oh like in what song was that? Like it had this beat with that lyric. And, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's definitely keeping me on my toes now and and you know, now that it's so much more accessible to so many people, like there are a lot of great DJs who are just like really artistic and doing their own style and vibe, you know?
3: Well I think, you know, I mean I you know, I I'm not a DJ but I but hearing you talk about the good and the bad of it, right, like I would hope, and I'm going to ask you if you're seeing it, but I would hope that the proliferation raises the bar and it, it ends up making making the best DJs better.
1: Yeah, I think it does, for sure. That's kind of what that Red Bull competition is about. Yeah. It's like, it's, um. I mean, but there's guys on vinyl who are still killing it, but sure. it, it definitely it definitely you know it's always a catch 22 it'll raise that but at the same time like so many gigs that should go to qualified DJs who have been putting in work mm-hmm. that really care about the craft are not going to them cuz so and so has a connection and can play a set you know and yeah. and they get the gig you yeah. know what i mean so it's yeah, yeah. like i don't know i'm not trying to come off as like the salty old guy but it's just you know you you think about it and it's it's the technology changes a lot you know what i mean and
3: yeah but i think it's really like like you said it, there's good and bad mm-hmm. and you know what you what you hear on twitter is like all the bad or all the good yeah do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and the reality is kind of somewhere in between like yeah. you said and and some of it is how you adapt to it yeah right well i think a lot like i never got into djing
1: to make a career out of it, I just... What was, what was going to be your career? I didn't really have one. I went to school for broadcasting. Okay. I got my degree in broadcasting. I was working for this commercial production company called Anonymous Content. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a really cool job, and they were growing. A lot of directors I worked with, like, helping them edit their reels. And yeah. I could have stayed with that, but what happened was I kind of... My, oh, I was gonna say about the um that Tantra gig mm. when I was DJing at the Indian restaurant. You know, I was making whatever a couple hundred a night, and I started to hear about this guy DJ Am, mm-hmm. and like it was almost like this mythical figure, like oh, DJ Am, like this guy does all the hottest parties, right. makes twenty thousand a night. <laughs> he just did blah 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 his birthday party, yeah. And then you go on his website, and he had all these brands and. He was scratching and his, like, um, woo-ha, like, and the AOL AOL sounds. like, oh, man, this guy's, like, dope, and he has, like, his marketing together. You know, like, I was not even thinking on that level, you know? And so that being said, like, it kind of, like, I had known Spider, and that was kind of, I don't know if he told the story, but that was kind of, like, our thing is, like, we wanted to, like, connect with AM somehow just because it was, like, this guy you know what yeah. I mean you heard like you didn't hear about any other DJs in kind of like the word about him and stuff yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, we we ended up doing um, magic trade show in 2005 okay packed his forerunner up with records turntables everything and we ended up spinning at the bongo jeans like little booth and at the same time AM was dating Nicole Ritchie and mm-hmm. she was a bongo spokesman. Oh, okay. Spokesperson, so they told us uh, Nicole's going to come do a meet-and-greet, and and AM's going to come. He might want to drop a set. We're like, right. dope. You know what I mean? Like This is right when Serato came out, So, yeah. and that's what happened. He came, and he was playing a set we have video of it we posted on youtube and he was doing his thing and he had serato i don't even i don't even know if we were on serato yet but uh-huh. yeah he was like yo i just got every ultimate beats and breaks vinyl ever from jazzy jeff like, and nice. we're like what like just the concept of digitizing music was yeah, crazy yeah. to us you yeah. know so like that was blowing our mind yeah so and then yeah he spun and we were just like <laughs> flabbergasted by his skill and just what he was doing and we kind of, then we went to LAX had just opened and mm-hmm. kind of met his friend Kevin Scott mm-hmm. and just kind of started to build a relationship, you know, and it just kind of grew from there. And then, like I was going to say, so we got kind of caught in the wave of AM. AM was able to kind of like break through the industry yeah. and and create a new plateau of, of uh, relevance and importance for the DJ. So as he went, you know, like, so did the industry, so he kind of got money up for yeah. everyone, you know, and I I ended up getting on Deckstar, which was dope, you know what I mean, which was, like, amazing, but, yeah, I was working that job, and one of my first gigs was, like, at a casino in, like, Kansas City, <laughs> random, so random, you know, but that gig for that one night paid, like, what I made in a month yeah. at that company, and I was yeah. like, I was like... I, I I think I did both for like I don't know a month and I'm just like all right I gotta start to pursue this full time that yeah. just kind of led me to just being a professional DJ you
3: know yeah 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 that's dope. yeah it's crazy yeah yeah I think it's like you gotta see you know these things inspire us right you gotta see that things are possible yeah before you can even start to think about that yeah and. um
1: yeah, he was the, he was like, what, you can do that? Right. You know, and I know there's people like that in every industry. For sure. You know what I mean? There's always the one guy who just, like, separates himself from the pack, but yeah. also allows everyone. So, yeah, I mean, that I, I was lucky enough. Is there
3: somebody doing that now? For DJing? Uh-huh.
1: Um, no, because it all changed. When AM passed, it changed, because... A lot of things, you know, Vegas turned really housey, right. all the big EDM guys became, and, and the open format guys who would play hip-hop, rock, kind of like where we all fell into, kind of got pushed yeah. to the back. Which is funny, because like in 2007, when I was DJing, I was a resident at this club Jet at the Mirage, mm-hmm. and I would be there on Mondays and Fridays in the main room, kind of doing that, like hip-hop, rock oldies, yeah. a little of everything, and they would have a back room, and my man, Eddie McDonald, was the resident, he would book the DJs, and he would book, like, Tiesto. Right, in and, the back room. In the back room, yeah. and Layback Luke, yeah. and Cascade, DJing for, like, it's so crazy, and then it just switched. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's kind of going back, I mean, Seems like it. I don't want to say it's open format, I mean, hip hop is kind of dominating main rooms now, you yeah. know, but, um, I think there's still an audience that wants to
3: hear a lot of everything. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. But, yeah. And then how about, I know you do some producing mm-hmm. with Spider, with JCO, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, JCO's been on the show. Oh, tight. Um, is that like a side thing? Is it? Is it, uh, how, how do they fit together?
1: Um, I mean, it started as just kind of remixing, yeah. which I still do. They fit together because now producers get booked to DJ, right. you know? Kind of like, what you are saying. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're not DJs first, they're producers who are getting asked to come play their music, which never was the case, you right. know? It was never like uh, DJ Premier or Large Professor or like come spin a set of your beats, you right. know what I mean? And they yeah. like, of your songs, you know? Like, maybe it was, I don't think it really was.
3: So well, like yes or no yeah like i mean you still had to so you know when i was working with scion we would book Premier and mm-hmm. p-rock and you know ali shaheed muhammad all these guys but they had to be they were good djs yeah you know what i mean and they had to like and it, so it wasn't like yeah come play all your p-rock and cl smooth records yeah but definitely when he would drop one well he wouldn't because he was mad at cl like that uh, they had beef. but, but yeah. like when preem would drop like a gangstar track yeah. Everyone would go wild. Yeah. But it wasn't a set of Gangstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was playing everything. Yeah. And so I think, like, there was that... Definitely as a promoter, there was that, like, he's going to draw more because of who he is as a producer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. If, but at the same time, like, if, if they didn't, like, I don't want to... Like some of those guys were not great DJs. Yeah. Those three I mentioned were all great. Yeah. When they were when they wanted to be that night. Yeah. Um
1: But these are events you're talking
3: about too, not yeah. like clubs. Not like nightclubs. Like stuff. this is our club. Right. This is these are our guys. You you're know? right. Like, no, no, you're right about that for sure. I'm just saying like they still had to show improve as DJs. Yeah. Whereas Calvin Harris, like, no one's really paying attention to whether or not he's DJing yeah. and what the set It's is still like. the same
1: thing. They want to hear him play his song, his right. big record. It's like it's Exactly. Like, it's
3: like I mean I think that's just like the way I like it is like DJ has just taken on multiple meanings and yeah. and people on the other side of the curtain don't really know the difference.
1: Yeah. You're almost better off being a producer right. who makes a name for himself and gets A lot of hype and some maybe a hit record or some placements on some big albums and then getting bookings, you know what I mean? Because you're going to be working with some type, you know, there's not too many DJ booking agencies or management companies. I mean, there's, you know, like the CAAs of the world, they have DJs on their roster, but like... There's it's like
3: scam and Duck yeah. Star. But if you're
1: connected, if you land a song on a Kendrick track, yeah, you know, like this industry is very much about affiliations sure. and who you're connected with. Like, I don't know if he does, but I'm sure like a DJ Dahi, who's got some amazing records on some big mm-hmm. albums. You know, like he his asking price or he he can like book a tour a lot easier, a DJ tour, kinda off of I mean he is DJ Dahi, you know, uh, but yeah, a yeah, producer yeah. kinda in in his lane, you know what I mean, who's working with Kendrick and right all these dope artists, like, that's almost more like than just like
3: the open format guy who can rip it up, but is just like the DJ's DJ. So basically I mean? if you're saying be a producer but put DJ at the front of your name no well that's like I just... think he
1: probably was a DJ right, before right, right. the beats were popping off but I just I just think do them if you like making beats do them coincide
3: you know coincide I, I want to talk about the uh, the new wave mix uh huh um it's, it's like it's Did my favorite it mix oh dope yeah yeah, yeah. I, nice. love it. yeah. I love it I love it and I love I mean you know that's I, that's all music I grew up to yeah But the way you flipped it. Yeah. And so talk about, like, I I noticed in the description you said, like, this is not a normal mix. Yeah. So, like, talk about that. Well, shout out to Mr. Best, who I did the mix
1: with. Uh I just saw it more as, like, we really, like, curated it. We, like, were real particular on what fit and what didn't, you know? And I think on mixes you can just like anyone could do a dj mix and put a bunch of songs together but we were really keen on everything fit the vibe of that we wanted the sound to kind of just have one yeah. you know it's hard for 60 minutes that everything fits yeah and that's sure. that's what i always got in djing is keep the vibe going don't like don't do something that people are like oh like, switched it up, you know what I mean? And so especially, like, if people are in the car, in their house, just listening, they just wanted to, like, vibe out. And kind of that's, the idea was just kind of 80s, 80s songs that have been remixed, but, like, really remixed, not, like, a Uh re-edit or different drums on it, but just, like, someone who took a song, played all their music over the acapella, and just kind of made it, I don't want to say better, but unique and good in its own right, you
3: yeah. know? and it was just a continuous mix of that. And so So I know you, you know you, you collab with Mr. Best, with Spider, mm-hmm. with JCO. Mm-hmm. like is there why does that work for you? What is there what makes you a good collaborator or or what makes that good for you?
1: Um, someone to bounce ideas off of yeah. really you know like I, when I was just in Poland, I was just telling someone about traveling. And like I was in Germany for two weeks, for two weeks, like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I loved Berlin. It was an amazing city, like so many museums. And there yeah. was just something about being by myself that I the whole time I just wish I had a friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone to share the experience yeah. with. And that's how I feel way. on projects, you know. It's just like you can bounce ideas off each other. Oh, this works, that works. Um, you know, just input. And, you know, like, I'll be the first one to admit, I, I can do stuff technically working in Ableton but I'm also limited in some points Mm -hmm. and sometimes a collaborator can step in and oh this is how we do that
3: or this needs to be done and it's just have you tried collaborating with people and then you're just like this is not gonna fit
1: not really okay because I have to know that I get along with them you know what I mean because even if I get along with them we're gonna disagree within that so I gotta know like Whatever heat that we get into, like, we'll be past it, and we'll still be friends after. Sure. I feel like it could be like collaborating. I mean, I've worked with my brother keeping
3: those separate in the past, and
1: oh, I that's don't think be I, hard. I can't get into it any, any more than with my brother. You know what I mean? So, yeah. that's the ultimate like butting heads.
3: Is he still making music?
1: Uh, yeah, we're we're working on some new stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's funny we did we did a song about he's a wrestling fanatic. And okay. he did A song about Andre the Giant. Oh, that's cool. Like this is like. You know over a decade ago and yeah. bill simmons is coming out with a documentary on hbo about andre and oh I'm, really i'm really keen on at least getting him to hear it yeah because
3: it's, yeah, yeah, it's really
1: good i mean the song is great he's talking about andre like his life and all this shit like it's so it's so random my brother would love to just make songs about like left field stuff like uh-huh. he made a song called fuck the parking enforcement <laughs> where he's just talking about Kind of, you know, going off on partner forcing, awesome. yeah. So it's just like he never. That's one thing. Like it's like don't take yourself too seriously in the music. I mean, it is serious, but it's also like, you know, it's fun. And yeah, it's just. But, yeah, I mean, I want to collab with more people. You know,
3: yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, I got to get to a uh, to a lightning round before they throw us out of here. Okay. Um, oh, uh, but uh, are you still doing the podcast? We are
1: um, on and off. Okay, you know it's hard. It's hard to get three people. Yeah, Spider and Best always traveling. For sure, I'm I'm on the road. So we love it because we get new music and. It's good to have an outlet for you know all these new songs are in your Serato, yeah. but you're like I can't play that at a party. I can't play that here, but it works for the show. Right. You know. So we all have all this music, and we're like, yo, let's meet up, do this show. But it's really a, a, a timing thing, and we want to. It's really cool when we like do a show, like we did a show in like August, and mm-hmm. then I'm like watching HBO in December, and one of the songs we put on the podcast is like. One of their promo like oh, the cool. background i'm like all right see like we're yeah on top of like kind of like what is not trendy but what 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 could be popular Like we always talk
3: about like wanting to do um, music coordinator work and stuff. Oh, okay nice. and i know that's a whole thing in itself but so is that like when you start this podcast is there like is there a goal or is it just like yo this will be fun let's do it
1: i think it's more just get
3: music out we like you yeah. know
1: the best feedback is from djs As oh, i love the podcast I yeah. mean, if we can you know i mean i i feel like commercial radio the stuff you hear is so redundant and played over and over For again sure. and that you know there's a million outlets now obviously where you can get your music so we're just trying to provide another one that we feel kind of fits our vibe you yeah. know what i mean like if we're playing cool eclectic stuff like you know if if Event people hear it and they're like, we want that stuff at our event. Great. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's kind of like, this is not your ordinary podcast. We're kind of yeah, just yeah. playing other stuff. So, but I'm sure we'll work on more. It's just like the reality, we went hard in the beginning because when you launch the pod, they'll they'll put it up if you get a lot of listens right, and right, then right. kind of, you know, obviously it's sure. it's hard to keep it, but we have guest yeah, mix yeah. and ask DJs to do guest mix for for us and stuff. So if we're just like figure out a good schedule and stick to it, it'll be steady. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, let's get to the lightning round. All right. So, tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Decision
1: that changed my life forever.
3: Um,
1: I guess to be a DJ. I mean, it's it's all I've known. My pretty much my professional career. You know, it's kind of yeah. scary thinking about life after DJing, but the older I get, obviously I got to think about it, because it's kind of all I know, you know? Yeah. So um, it's definitely a love for the music. You just get so caught up in the music that you just put blinders on everything else, especially when producing or just yeah. working on stuff. But
3: are there yeah. Are there moments where you, you know, you question that? decision?
1: Um, I don't question decision, but I, I question like doing something else in the meantime, like right. the second side hustle that could could have grown in while doing this, you know, sure. so, but um, yeah, being a DJ is probably, but like I said, it's all was just the passion of loving other music, mm-hmm. and, you know, hearing DJ Premier yeah, scratch on the song, I was like that's what I want to be. You know, <laughs> if, for sure. If he knew how many DJs he influenced, oh, i sure. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like yeah. changed the course of so many people's lives for the better. You know,
3: definitely. Oh, <laughs> Read a sentence for yourself, I don't have talent, I have blank.
1: I don't have talent, I have passion.
3: Um, You know, like I
1: said, the passion, the love of the art and the music is kind of what drives, you know. I'm not the biggest hustler, networker guy, you know, but a lot of my success has come from the work I've put in. With my remixes yeah. that other DJs play, you know, it's helped me get my name out when, when I travel to Krakow and I meet DJs and like, oh, I play your stuff. You know, there's no better feeling than knowing like, I've been able to influence someone I've never met. You know, yeah. it's like absolutely, that's that's all you can hope for is that the work you do can impact someone else and they can appreciate it. You know? Yeah, yeah.
3: So if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Um,
1: if you work for me it's a tough one I never thought of myself in a boss position
3: well like you know manager publicist booking agent Um, you know even if we're collaborating on music
1: I guess just get it done maybe you know just like yeah I know it's kind of generic but yeah, yeah, yeah just like the the end goal I mean a lot of my struggles is actually finishing beats I work on Mm -hmm. but I know the most important thing is just just finish what you're working on and move to the next thing don't get caught up thinking about what you need to change and this and that it's like the people that excel and get further are the people that keep it moving so yeah kind of a keep it moving mentality
3: no it's that's interesting you say that because some people you know they say that some people like to start things. Some people like to finish things. I'm both good are, at starting Both are, are important. I'm know? really,
1: like, whenever I start a new remix or something, yeah. like, kind of prematurely, I send it to a friend. Like, what huh? do you think of this? You know, but also kind of sending it to them to, like, get feedback. Right. Direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's like you can really hold yourself back worrying about... You're not gonna please everyone with the art you put out. Right. So, I mean, if you just constantly put out trash, it's gonna be obviously because no one is gonna mess with it. You're not gonna get any good feedback, (laughs) you know, but it doesn't hurt to just, you know, like, my thing is just, I just, I do a lot of different stuff. I'll put out a trap song. And then I'll put out a Mary J. Blige R&B remix. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I like so many different things that I don't have. Like I was saying earlier, I don't have one thing that I right. go hard on. Yeah. Just kind of dabble in a little mix of everything, you know? So. Yeah. What's your
3: favorite city to travel to?
1: Favorite city? I loved Berlin, and I loved Tel Aviv. It was incredible. Oh, really? Yeah, Tel Aviv blew my mind. Really? Yeah, it was, like, just being out there in the Middle East, and it's, like, a mix of L.A., Miami has the beach. Yeah. New York, because it has nightlife, the food. I mean, then you then you go over to Jerusalem, and that just blows your mind, being in the old city. You're just, right. like,
3: yeah, yeah, this
1: isn't a movie set. You right. Know what I mean, this isn't yeah. Universal Studios. This yeah, is, like, yeah. real. This is it, you know? So, yeah. Um, uh, that's cool.
3: Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. What... Um is there a book that's had a, a big impact on you? I listen to audio books a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what?
1: And I listen to a lot of podcasts.
3: Yeah, you mentioned when we connected over email, um, what what are what are some big podcasts for you?
1: Um, I love Jalen and Jacoby, just okay. on some like sports hip hop stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? Um I love the Combat Jack Show, RIP. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was he was the originator. You Definitely. know what I mean? Like, I remember before they had the theme song. I used to listen to that show early. Uh-huh. They, they did a contest, and they would play beats every week. Like, oh, really? should this be our theme song? And the one that was the main one was it. But yeah, I mean, I always found solace in like uh, driving or just like listening to yeah. just good thoughtful. Conversation, you know, it's it's what I want. You know, it's just like I'm glad that podcasts are a thing because it just gives you such another level of like whatever
3: you're gonna find on the news or. Well, it's funny because I'm the same. I'm an audiobook guy. Mm -hmm. I always have an audiobook going, but sometimes I need to take a break and hear like the conversation, hear like real people talking, yeah, whatever. So then I go to the podcast.
1: I have so many, honestly. Yeah, I listen to Pods of America. They just got
3: an HBO show. Yep. yep. Crazy. I was on
1: them early. I mean, yeah. Uh, my boys, DJ Crooked and DJ Neva in Vegas, have a new podcast. It's about being a DJ. Oh, that's And cool. I love hearing DJs talk. Yeah. Because they're talking about, like, how, how did this record work? Yeah, yeah. How long of a shelf life did it have? And it's just like, just listen to any DJs who. I really respect those guys. And, you know, they've been in the game and crushing it forever. So yeah. just like. They know what's up, and it's just, like, relatable. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, that's how I felt about that song or DJing in that club. Sure. or Playing for that type of crowd, so. What's the podcast called? It's called Road, Reflections oh, yeah, of a yeah, DJ. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. new. Yeah. I heard
3: um, Captains of Industry. Oh, that. yeah. They
1: just yeah. had Shecky, uh-huh. Jonathan Schechter on. Nice. And that was a really good, that guy's got gems for days. For sure. Yeah, even just... Listening to them shoot the shit. I'm just yeah. like, this is great. I honestly, I listen to more podcasts than music. Honestly, uh-huh. I don't know if that's good for me. People, <laughs> I was like, you check out the new Migos album. I'm like, nah, I've just been listening to podcasts. Like, I just need to stay yeah. in tune with what's happening and, and I all all different it's, spectrums. You know, it's,
3: it's easy to get overloaded with music too. So yeah, sometimes you need a break.
1: Yeah, I think I think SoundCloud is my music. SoundCloud and Mixcloud are my two like music services for choice. Like yeah. 'Cause you can just find all types of stuff. Definitely. It's just like it's
3: really popping there. What um what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Movie. Damn.
1: I wanna say clueless, but that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I clueless was a it was a thing for a minute, you know. You know a movie I love is Apocalypto. Oh really? I'm not supposed to be a Mel Gibson fan, obviously <laughs> I'm Jewish, but Something about that film. There's just those films you could watch over and over
3: again. So I got Mel Gibson, Alicia Silverstone, yeah, um, Stacy Dash, yeah. Um, uh, movies.
1: I mean, I, I love a good movie. Um,
3: no, nah, but it's funny. Certain movies. I asked that question because like, certain movies catch us. Yeah. That are not like on paper. Yeah. Not what we would choose, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you see it, whatever, and yeah. it you know, catches you I in mean, the middle. I mean, of course, Scarface, like all yeah, the... Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, but... No, nah, those are good ones, though, Yeah. For sure. Um, we just watched the st- Stupid Feudal Gesture, or feud- it's a Netflix. Oh, it's yeah. a bio- biography of the guys that started National Lampoon. Oh, okay, yeah. And so then they talk about writing uh, Animal House and then Caddyshack.
1: Yeah.
3: and How was uh, it? Oh, it was great. Yeah. That's great. And then I watched Caddyshack with my son. Oh, eight. yeah.
1: I watched Caddyshack on the plane out to Europe. Dude, it's such a great movie. Yeah. But that's one that's like, it's Caddyshack. not really a
3: great movie, but it's a great movie. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Um, I watched Three Billboards. Oh, is one. it good? It's wacky. Is it? it I, I liked it, actually. My cousin, like, he hated it. Like uh-huh. some people hated it, cause it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But uh,
3: I mean, great cast. I know. think we need movies like that. I haven't seen it yet, but we need movies that like make you hate it or love yeah, it. Yeah, or... I love Get Out too. There's like, a great YouTube of uh, Jordan. Did the
1: Oscars happen yet?
3: No, no, no. Okay. I'm like,
1: uh, I'm like, what time is it? A
3: Couple, few weeks. Okay, I yeah. I was like, but there's a great YouTube I just saw this weekend of Jordan reading. Fan theories. Oh yeah. About That's, Get Out. I think I saw that. It's so dope. Yeah. like, it, yeah, like, you got you. What, yeah, one like, of them is like, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it, but you're right. Yeah. You know, I forget yeah. what that was. Um, like, it's like paying homage to other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, yeah. Like, exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite DJ of all time? Am. Yeah. How about living?
1: Living. That's tough. Man, I guess I'd say have DJ Premier. Yeah. You see I, the play. I love my man DJ Mighty Mai in Vegas. I will always go out there. He plays one of the biggest clubs at the Wynn. And he just always keeps it new. And it's just like, he's been in the game for so long. And I mean, he's a still, dude that, like, still hungry for new songs. And we're always trading music. And I'm just like, I just admire the passion, the skill, like the the love for it, yeah. you know what I mean, like you just meet these people for sure. that share it, and Spider, Best, you know, all my yeah. homies, like I just try to
3: associate with cats that I aspire to be like and that I really admire. I mean Mighty Miza dude, like talk about the the journey
1: oh, from yeah. where he
3: came from. Crazy. Right? Yeah. That, you I think know. he was
1: at the Fresh Fest. Him and Shecky were there too. You oh, know? probably. Yeah. I'm
3: sure. I'm sure. That might have been um, in Philly, though. The Philly yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was Philly. Yeah. I was in San, in Oakland. Okay, dope. Uh But, you know, like, he, yeah, he was making those backpack records. Oh, yeah, heavy. They're, like... Heavy and There's heavy. no way you would see the guy he is now... No. ...and have thought and that. And he might not have even saw that. No, no, you know? I'm sure. Like, but, yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to hit him up to be on the show next time I'm out there. That's you know, it's idea. just, like,
1: talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend is, like, I was telling someone, like... I never thought I'd see the Lakers in last place. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the Warriors, the champions, and even going to that either. Adidas event, I was like, I never thought I'd see the day where Adidas might be more popular than Nike. Right. But all these things could happen. Yeah. Like, if you could tell yourself, like, it, you can't see it, that means it might
3: actually happen. You know, I, what mean, I mean,
1: it's more likely to happen, and that's for sense. sure. You know what I mean? Like for sure.
3: And I, and you know, and and as a Warriors fan who grew up. Never thinking you'd see the Warriors yeah. towards the end of the season, you know. Yeah. Um But who thought a guy at six three Change the league? Right. Yeah. Like th- that's you'd yeah. call that impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. That that's a great point. To like those things that you never think are possible. Yeah.
1: Just like if you tell yourself that, right when you tell yourself that, you might wanna then say, actually, it might be possible. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, anytime I hate on, like, a new record or something, like, I'll say, I'll tell Spider like, oh, that's just crap. And then I end up liking it, like, a yeah. few months later. You know what I mean? Like, if I hate on it at first, that means
3: I'm actually going to like this eventually. You know? Well, you know? I learned that, like, you know, when I was starting my career, I kind of, uh, it wasn't, like, my goal, but but I kind of had this thought of, like, being an A&R guy. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I realized that my taste is my taste and like I passed there's a few things I've passed on that have gone on to be you know household names and yeah. game changers oh damn that I just didn't see it and it, and while you were a uh well I wasn't I was managing yeah but like I've but told the story new, but you could have made a move on it early. so so I had a shot at meeting Eminem oh, to wow. talk to him about management so I who that doesn't mean he would have picked me or whatever he was
1: working with him yeah, yeah yeah yeah
3: so, like, but at the time, and this, it was like, I was like, oh, this kid's dope, but no one's going to buy a white rapper. Yeah.
1: Right. I saw M&M it had, M&M had nothing
3: to do with his skill. Yeah. But it had to do with, like, I just didn't see it. Yeah. Right. I just didn't see it happening oh, the, commercially.
1: Yeah. yeah. You told yourself that. Yeah. yeah. I
3: told myself, yeah. like, yeah, white rapper, that's like going yeah. I like it, but, you know, it's so just going to be a few of us. if you have the ability to catch yourself saying that. Yeah. You could have then. Been yeah, like, yeah, for oh, sure. Well,
1: scratch that. I'm gonna. Oh, there's a it. couple
3: others too, and I can't remember. But he's definitely the biggest. I saw him
1: at the Fillmore for the
3: Lyricist Lounge. Yeah. Tour
1: when I was in college, I went to SF State. Okay. So, and that was an early M. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He was just probably
3: like, just another guy, and I was like, yo, he was dope. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So there's a few of those. So I was like, you know, so that taught me like, you just have your own, you know. Yeah. I just got my own thing, and yeah, it's not absolutely you know but when you tell yourself it's not gonna happen that's a great lesson yeah man thanks for doing this it's absolutely, been fun yeah. talking for to you me, man Appreciate um it. how's everybody find you online um i have a website up but it's kind
1: of just a flash page for all my okay. other stuff but what's your steve
3: wonder are, um, is there a
1: is there a channel where you're most active um uh, my SoundCloud, yeah which i think is dj steve wonder i mean if you look up steve one d-e-r that's how it's spelled, like yeah. in Google. All my stuff will come up. SoundCloud, Insta. I'm
3: on Insta a lot. Addicted, like everyone else. But yeah.
1: Twitter here and there. I mean, Facebook. definitely
3: everybody check the the new way. Tell me the name of the mix. The new, new way mix. Yeah, and that's on Mixcloud. So good. Yeah. So good. I'll Thanks, man. Banging yeah. it all weekend. Yeah. Dope. Love it. Dope. Um, dude, Pretty come back anytime, easy. man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yo, that was Steve Wonder on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, Make sure you hit us everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, send me a postcard, do whatever you feel, and most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.